Blog Talk Radio. All right, y'all. Finally, it's Hoops Time in the Sports Bar Podcast. We've been talking a whole lot of football uh, for the past season, but we are finally down to talk some hoops as we promised you on our last podcast. And as always, I'm your boy Prime Source. How how you feeling, bro? I'm hyped, man. You know I love the NBA and the season is wild. Just getting past the trade deadline, so it's a lot of stuff to talk about right now. All-Star weekend, next weekend, and the league is on fire, so I'm ready. Yeah, you and me too, man. I've been hyped all morning, man. I got up. I'm ready to talk basketball with you, man. I'm, I got my uh, my Raisin Brand crunching this morning. You know what I'm saying? I watched me a couple of episodes of That's My Mama. You know what I'm saying? And I got my coffee. You know, I'm ready to roll, brother. Yeah, you 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 set. I don't know how you're gonna feel after you had a raisin brand and the coffee. Like I don't know how that combination is gonna turn out for you. But I wish you all the best. I think you know. <laughs> I think you already know. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I'm ready to do this right. And the only thing I got to say, man. Like, are there any type of limits in the crib? Like, do you have like at your at your crib? Do you have like that one? cup or that one glass that you use and you go looking for it sometimes and um you know it's, it's supposed to be yours and you you might find it in you know the wifey got it or it might be in your daughter's room or something nah we we are like you know there are some glasses or cups that i would regularly use but nothing special and you know jada is a is a I don't know what the word would be. She's a little, not clean freak, but germ, germaphobe a little bit. So she is always, uh, let's get some plastic cups, styrofoam cups, something that we throw away because she don't want to use it a second time. So (laughs) she's a little funny that way. (laughs) Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Ain't nothing wrong with that. It's, It's all good. It's all good. My son is, my youngest son is pretty much the same way. So, um, we got something in common in the crib. But, yeah, man, you know, um, my lady then took off and went to work with one of my favorite coffee cups, and, and she slipped oh, no. them, so I'm going to address it. I'm going to address that once you get home. You know, really, I ain't going to do nothing, right? <laughs> what I'm just saying. <laughs> like, what I'm really going to do, right? But, nah, so I got one of her joints, man. But it is what it is. You know, I've had some great podcasts with my cup. I'm going to try something new with her cup. But let's get into it, man. So, Basketball-wise, we got to go ahead and talk about Anthony Davis. Um, And we all know what went down with Anthony Davis, so what didn't go down with Anthony Davis. Um, A lot of people were expecting him to be shipped to your Lakers, but after several attempts by Magic Johnson and the organization, it didn't come to fruition. Man, your thoughts? Let me tell you my my thoughts from from a personal standpoint. (laughs) Why Why did they tease me with this deal? Why? See, this is why uh, on my social media personal page, when this rumor of AD coming to the Lakers first came out, I said, I don't want to talk about AD on the Lakers unless it actually is official. Because I don't want to hear it. I don't want to talk about it. Because I just was worried about this. Now, all the extra, all the hype, and and nothing to show for it. 
we've seen how it the rumors have kind of affected well it kind of affected the Lakers a little bit if you let a picture tell the story um, as we saw the Lakers losing to Indiana by 42 the other night and on one end of the bench you had LeBron three seats over you had most of the team and then another seat over was Rondo on the opposite side so people took that as being the the beginning of the end but you know pictures are pictures and moments are moments and this is a this is a business more than anything else so the Lakers will have to get it back together but you want to talk about AD right yeah alright well look you I'm, I'm going to let you go ahead and address the thing because I, I got some words but you go ahead well I ain't got a whole lot to say about it man I, I thought it was definitely going to happen. I thought he would end up in a Laker uniform, but it didn't go down. And then some of the stuff I'm hearing hearing around the league is crazy to me. One of the things I heard is that Greg Popovich may have talked to the folks over in New Orleans and told them not to do business with L.A. Like I said, L.A., they kind of, you know, where things are going, he don't like it. He don't think it's good for the league, and they, and they kind of shady. Like, he might have a little grudge with them. Then there's some talk that Jerry West might have had something to do with the fact that he didn't end up with the Lakers or at least his closeness with ownership in New Orleans and, and talks with them. And the more and more you hear that stuff, you, you never know what's true. But after I'm seeing what the Lakers laid on the table and they didn't even, like, sniff or bite, it makes me wonder if they ever, ever intended to trade them to you guys at all. Um, I don't think there's any other teams that was in the mix at this particular point. We know that Boston couldn't be. They were hoping to things, you know, hopefully things drip over into the summer. Uh, the Knicks, the Knicks, uh, we found out early in the game that they did engage in talks. But uh, it was just, you know, they didn't want Porzingis uh, not knowing his health and his status and all of that. So, I'm coming away with this, believing a lot of what I'm hearing, and I just don't think they ever intended to not only trade them to you guys, but I think they intended to wait this thing out until uh, the summertime. And maybe that's a smart move on their part. I really can't say because I'm not a GM. I don't know the ramifications of every single thing involved in the trade do's and don'ts and contracts. But I will say this. His value didn't go up just now. And having him stay and thinking that you're going to be able to bench him, I mean, that just wasn't plausible because the league is not going to allow that. As we've seen, uh, the Pelicans would be fined 100000 a game if AD didn't play. So now they're going to have to work around that. We saw last night AD is ready to play. I mean, he had 32-9 with three blocks and didn't play in the fourth quarter. So that didn't play in the fourth quarter goes back to New Orleans being maybe petty, maybe cautious, depending on how you want to look at it. But I'm sure this is how it's going to go for the rest of the season. He won't be playing back-to-backs, or at least that is the rumor. And I'm sure they will cut his minutes down a little bit. Let's look at this stats, though, bro. Like, let's, let's look at this thing. For me, as a Lakers fan, I'll take AD and LeBron. You can have everybody else and we'll fill in the rest and see how it goes. And this is year one of LeBron, one of four. So you have you have uh, 
if you bring AD in, you have him there even after the end of the, the LeBron run, whether LeBron stays longer or retires or moves on, whatever the case may be. If you can secure AD, then that's your star in L.A., which is good for the league, good for the Lakers, and good for everybody. But these numbers, let's let's check these numbers out for the season, all right? This dude cool. is second in points at 29. He's fourth in blocks with 13. He, excuse me, I'm sorry. He's fourth in rebounds with 13. He's second in blocks with 2.6 a game. And he's tied for eighth in steals with 1.7. Like, what else do you wow. want? This is... This is the dude. This is the dude. And, I, and while people know that he's a great player and all that, I think people still don't understand how ridiculous this dude is at 6'10", 250. Now, we see the Pelicans are sitting at 25 and 31 right now, so they're 13th in the West. Chances of making the playoffs are probably slim. But I don't know. I don't know what you do at this point other than hope he doesn't get hurt if you're the Pelicans and ride this out and think that you're going to take off after that. I'm not sure how much more you can get than four or five pieces that you can trade from the Lakers plus picks. I don't know how much more you're going to get from that, get than that uh, in the summer, but I guess we'll have to see when we get to that point. Could be a good move. Could be a dangerous game they're playing. We, we get into the summer. Um, you know, the Boston thing. The Boston thing, we know that they couldn't acquire him this year because of league rules. But by the same token, we're hearing from um, Anthony Davis's father. He don't want his son to play there. Says that he, you know, his son will make up his own mind, but he don't want his son to play there, mainly because of the way they treated Isaiah Thomas. Then you get into this, uh, the summer with the Lakers. I don't know what else the Lakers could offer them. You know, Lakers have a good young core. And maybe it could have been beneficial for them. And then the only other team that we really hear about is the New York Knicks, who struck out in their bid to uh, speak with the Pelicans at first. But they have people wondering now, would they do business with the Knicks? When it seems like the Knicks has nothing, the Knicks have some money, they got some picks. And I I think this could actually go down to the, the deadline. Like, we might not see this move get made until after we figure out where the Knicks are drafting uh, in this lottery, because it's surely going to be a lottery team. And would a draw like Zion, if it happens to be Zion, it may not be the Knicks may not even get it. But if it gets to a Zion situation, would the Pelicans bite on that? Because they're going to be looking for star power. There's already rumors around the league that they could be looking to move out of New Orleans sometime in the near future. So if they want to have any hopes of staying, they're going to have to. Matter of fact, this is the most important time ever for this organization right now. What happens between now and this particular summer is probably going to determine the future of basketball, pro basketball in New Orleans. That's fair. That's definitely a fair statement. Now, look, as far as Boston is concerned, though, if they do get in the mix and they do talk to him and they get the vibe that they'll be able to keep Anthony Davis, do you feel that Jason Tatum has to be part of that package? Yeah. That's the only piece. I mean, of course, 
the 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 purpose of getting AD would be to pair him with Kyrie. So yes, Anthony Davis, oh excuse me, Jason Tatum would most likely have to be a part of that deal to go back to uh, New Orleans. I don't know if New Orleans thinks that they they can build around Tatum. I mean, he is young and he's a baller. He's uh, a lot of the time he is he's you know second to third option. Well, most of the time he's second to third option, even on this ball right. squad because there's so many people that can do so many things on this team, and and this is their moment. Like this is what for for this time anyway, because Boston still has you know still has moves that they can make down the road. But for right now they have Kyrie for this season. There's nothing's locked in after this. So, yes, I think uh, Tatum would have to be moved in order for Boston to to uh, acquire AD. But do you make that move, though? Like, not knowing. Like, you got to be totally convinced that you're going to be able to keep this dude. And that that's the thing. Because you be – granted, you got pieces – uh, you got picks that you may be able to work with or certain things you can work with to try to keep the team afloat. You make this move, not knowing if you're going to be able to keep him. And then also to the fact that there's the Kyrie talk, that Kyrie ain't committing to Jack. I mean, I mean, you know, he don't owe nobody Jack. I mean, that's not his words, but I'm not going to say what he said. But so <laughs> it's kind of a rocky situation for them as well. But do you go ahead and make that move? With all the, um, you know, which you know, all this, all that's going on there, and you're not sure if you'll be able to have either of those guys. No, well, I mean, I don't think that's that's wise. Of course, getting AD for whoever, whenever, however, is a great thing. But if you can't guarantee that he's going to stay after the one year uh, going into 2020 or 2020, 2021 season, then it's kind of pointless. You don't have to lock Kyrie in. If you want your two stars and you have, you know Kyrie and AD, but I'm just not buying into that. I'm not buying into that. Boston has the pieces to make it happen, but is it in their best interest? Yes, we shall see. It probably depends a lot on what happens as we progress through the rest of this season and into the uh, postseason and how things play out there as well. So on to the next team then, because this team we've already mentioned. Some of this has some bearing on them as well with some of the players we talked about would be the Knicks, my squad. And we saw Chris Stapps got, you know, he got shipped up out of there. He pretty much walked up, told management he don't want to be there. Uh, I applaud the Knicks for making the move. You know, New York. New York fans, like, I know you got your feeling in football about the Cowboys fans are the worst. Um, look, I'm a Knicks fan, and I'm going to tell you, New York Knicks fans are the worst. They are the worst, <laughs> bro. And you should see some of the stuff I've been seeing in these various groups, and I'm about to get out of all of them. Uh, you know, I don't even comment. I just look at this stuff, and it's ridiculous. But how folks are upset that Chris Stapps got moved, and I'm like, what you upset about? The dude didn't want to be there. What has he actually done since he's been in the league? Yeah, he showed promise. He showed that, yeah, Phil might have made a right pick for them at that time. But we don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back. And for a guy who's in that short period of time has been hurt and nicked up as much as he has, the Knicks had to roll the dice with this, especially, like I said, when the dude walks up there and tell you they don't want to be there. So the Knicks make the move. Um, they ship him off to Dallas. They get 
you know, DeAndre Jordan, uh, Wesley, Wesley Matthews, who they've already let go. And, of course, Dennis Smith, who, as you know, I wanted Dennis Smith from the jump um, when he was available. And I like him. He played really well last night. You know, he's a young guy. They can keep his head straight. But they got some good pieces around him upstairs, at least, to probably help him do that. But they had to make the move. And I think the Knicks now had the intent of at least attempting to sign not one, but possibly two max players. And when you've got the names on the market, um, you know, we talk about Kyrie and Kyrie's unwillingness to uh, say if he's committed or still committed. There's still the Anthony Davis thing floating around, even though we're not hearing it as much other than him saying that he would consider the New York Knicks. And, of course, there's Kevin Durant, who had a rant the other day uh, (laughs) with uh, reporters during the media. What do you think about this move that the New York Knicks made? I'm all for it. If you have a player, if you have the face, pretty much the face of your franchise, uh, at the moment, one, he's, he's injured, and he's been injured. Two, he doesn't want to be there. Put those two things together, and I don't even understand why Knicks fans would be upset. If somebody doesn't, that's like staying married to somebody, and they already told you they don't want to be married no, anymore. Why, what are you holding on to? There's nothing to hold on to. He's already told you he doesn't want to be there. So move on, let him go, bring in these new pieces. You got uh, Dennis Smith, as you stated, got a top pick. Everybody seems to think that Zion will end up in New York, so maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But if you can bring in two max players with that, what's the problem? I mean, ride the season out. There's nothing there. The top four teams are set in the East. Like that's that's pretty much locked in. So ride this season out and hit that free agency this offseason and see where things go from there. Well, I think it's important to note, too, that folks are forgetting that horrible contract we gave Tim Hardaway Jr. a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it, it was terrible. I mean, yeah, Sam Mills, you know, he, he, uh, Mills is still, Steve Mills is still up front. Uh, he's still in the organization, but he's not the one pulling the trigger now. Uh, I got confidence in, in Perry, man, and I, and I think they can do some things. If this doesn't show you enough that he was able to get way of Hardaway Jr.'s con, you know, get rid of Hardaway Jr.'s contract, he finally found a taker for Courtney Lee's money. Um, you know, Trey Burke was not so much on the books, but they had to make him part of the package to make it work. I, I think it looks really good for New York. And if you look at the potential free agent market going over next year, you've got some guys out there. My thing I'm hoping, Source, as a Knicks fan, is well, I'm hoping we get at least one of those guys. I know the plan is to get two. I would love to have both. But hopefully we get at least one of those guys. I'm just hoping and praying that we don't get reckless with the money. Say we only get one or say we get none. I don't want these guys going out here and just spending unnecessary loot. I know the fans ain't going to like it. They ain't going to be upset. But you save that loot. Like, you look, you look at this year coming up. So, uh, you got some of these are straight up. Some of these are player options. But you got Kyrie. You got Kimball. You got KD. You got DeMarcus Cousins. You got Jimmy Butler. You got Kawhi. And you got Clay Thompson. 
you need to get at least one of those players and hopefully one of the, the, the top three that you're looking to get, and you save that money. Now, as of right now, the class in 2020 may not be exactly, you know, as, as large as this one or as good as this one, but Anthony Davis's contract is still sitting there, depending on what happens in the offseason. Um, you got Ben Simmons in 2020. Um, and you got DeMar DeRozan to a less extent, still a good ball player. So I just hope that the Knicks do not get reckless with this money. Uh, one free agent or no free agent signings, you know, max player signings. Uh, whether or not you get Zion is going gonna, is gonna to say a whole lot. I'd like to think that if you find a way to get Zion, if, if he falls to you and you get that number one pick and that's who you want, I got to think about it. I may want to keep them depending on who I feel I'm attracting, you know, who's, who's coming to sign with my squad. But it may be necessary to let them go as well. So they got to play this whole thing right, man, because New York fans ain't having it. I don't really care. I don't really care for New York Knicks fans other than myself. But um, they ain't having <laughs> it, bro. They ain't having it. That's what it is. We'll see this summer, though. They got to at least ride it out to this summer and see what happens there. And then it'll be interesting. Cool indeed. So let's get to some of these uh, these other joints. And the first one I definitely want to bring up. Gotta talk about them Sixers, man. They got the kid Tobias Harris. I've always been a fan of Tobias Harris, and and I like this uh, this move for Philly because that man that starting five starting to look real good. And 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 for me, I'm thinking about the playoffs last year, and everybody was happy. We were talking about the Sixers in Boston, you know getting it in and, and renewing a robbery, at least for the starting five, me personally, I think they're just as good or every bit as good overall as a team as a starting five as the Boston Celtics. So if we ever get them in the playoffs again, like we get them this season, must-see TV. Must-see TV, yeah. Uh, Tobias Harris has been balling all season. Like, for me, I had him as an all-star reserve. He should have been in an all-star game over two two people that were picked at least, uh, averaging 21 points a game and leading the Clippers. Tobias, Tobias has been balling. That secures that, – that's the one part that we talked about on this, uh, this Sixers team was that power forward. I mean, we had Wilson Chandler in the spot – and, you know, he's limited as far as getting buckets. Well, generally, he's, you know, he's a limited NBA player as far as uh, Stay hurt. Having, having a top squad. Then you have, you have Amir Johnson mixed in there, Mike Muscala. Uh, Muscala's now a Laker, but he wasn't, he wasn't going to be the starter at any point. So, you look at this. We had, Actually, we talked about Carmelo being in that spot. If he could stomach being the fourth option, it would be a great spot for him. That's what I thought anyway. But Tobias Harris is a much better option at this point. Uh, brings in another score, unselfish player, and this starting five is crazy. Now, the bench is looking a little suspect. We still got McConnell who does his thing when he gets out there. But the bench is a, is a little on a weaker side. But they can get buckets from all five players and uh, all five starters, I should say. And with Ben Simmons, you know, handling the rock and leading the way, 
You got Butler, who is, you know, always there at the end of games. If you need that dagger, and Embiid, who is arguably the best center in the league, that's a tough. That's a tough out right there. Fourteen points last night in his uh, Philly debut. Uh, two of three from the three-point line, and they beat with the second-best team in the West, I believe. They looked pretty good last night, man. And I yeah. wondered how this would work overall. I, I never doubt. I'm not doubting at all, and I never doubted when I saw this trade that Tobias Harris is going to add something uh, very special to this basketball team. What I was wondering about was watching uh, the Clippers this year. I think I've maybe seen them play five or six games. I watched them do a whole lot of pick and roll, and Tobias thrived in the pick and roll. Trading to Philly, Philly doesn't run a, a lot of pick and roll. That's not Brett Brown's thing. They will run it. But I guarantee you, and I don't even have the numbers, but I guarantee you more than half the league runs more pick and roll than the Philadelphia 76ers. And I thought about that. But then the more and more I thought about the strength of Tobias Harris, he is able to create his own basket. Um, He has no problem taking, you know, two dribbles, spotting up and shooting it. He can hit it. I said, nah, it it ain't going to be no problem, especially with teams already having to deal with Embiid having to deal with Jimmy Butler, you know, wondering where Simmons is going to dish that rock. And as we saw last night, your boy J.J. Redick was shooting the lights out in the building, bro. I mean, right. like, look, I thought, looked like high school J.J. Redick for a minute, man. Like, <laughs> straight, <laughs> ridiculous. So, nah, they going to be just, just fine, man. Um and on another note with that squad, man, before we move to the next one, what you feel about them finally shipping out Markel Fultz? I They should be happy that anyone gave them anything for Markel Fultz. Oh. It, it was time. And I don't want to say, I mean, the man is 20, what, 20 or 21? At max, 21. So you can't really call him a bust. So got Simulac on him, bro. A bust. Yeah, he's a kid. So the Sixers fans can call him a bust, but three years from now, you might be looking at a reinvented, whole new Markel Folks, wherever he is at that point. And but but as far as right now, I mean, the Sixers had to let him go. There was there was nothing nothing positive was coming out of that whole thing. So time to move on, especially when you're trying to make a push right now, and that's what the Sixers are trying to do. No need for that uh, minor distraction to even be part of uh, the situation. New stuff for him, and maybe that's what he needs. They said there's some other personal things possibly going on with him. Wish him the best on that, but he needs a new spot, a new start, a new city, and who knows? This dude might get it popping down there at the beach, man. So you just never know. You, you, You never know. All right, so check this out. Next up, I got... The Raptors getting Gasol. And this is very interesting to me because we knew from everything we were seeing on television and on social media that at least one of those guys, whether it be Gasol or Conley, was going to get moved. At one point, we thought both of them might get moved, but uh, Conley stayed put. Gasol is headed to the Raptors. And I saw some comments on our Facebook page, man, that a couple of cats was like, well, why would you – do this for essentially the same player. I, I don't know how you feel about it. I don't think they're the same player. And even though Gasol is a little bit, you know, he's getting older now. Was he 34? I just think mm-hmm. he bring, he brings uh, 
a couple different elements to a team that's got some veterans on it and looking for a chance to actually win the East because they like they right there. I think I still take Gasol, and I have nothing against um, Jonas. I have nothing against him. I think he's a good player. But I'm taking Gasol even at 34 if my team is contending for a chance to get to the finals. Yeah, comparing Don Jonas and Gasol is not even a thing. It's not, not even remotely close to the same thing. Gasol, one, gets you buckets. Two, can handle the rock. Three, is a passer. And four, which is number one, really, plays defense. He's a top defender as far as the ding, 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 ding. goes. And that's it right there. Valentino is actually, I mean, not to take anything away from him, but he's not a defender yeah, pretty much at all. So move him out of the way. You want to argue Ibaka, you really can't argue Ibaka. You can slide him back to his natural position at the four and between him and Siakam at that four, like that, that's, that's tough right there. But you got another score. You need buckets, and he's you know, Gasol is has been a scorer and has been a leader on the squad since he's been around. So, saying that, I mean, the comparison was not right in my opinion, to put it nicely. So that that gives you another formidable starting five, and you still have Van Vliet off the bench. You still have Siakam. I'm guessing Siakam will be coming off the bench, if not Ibaka, one or the other. Either way, you still have another strong player coming off the bench as well. So this is definitely an upgrade for Toronto. Hey, he's good in the screen game, too. Um, He's screening, sets of being picks, and he's good at directing players. I mean, you don't see many centers these days. He's where they can direct the floor like a point guard. Like, he gets people mm-hmm. in, in the position. And I think everybody on that squad is going to definitely respect him for that. So, yeah, the comparison is not even close. I was kind of wondering when I saw that where that even came from, other than the fact that they both were big men. But, I mean, to each his own, but I don't see it. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> the Bucks made a move, man, that I really love. And, I, and I'm not talking about getting rid of Don Maker. I I kind of like Don Maker, and I, and, I, and I like what he brought to the game. He didn't want to be there. We'll see how his uh, everything pans out for him. But the acquisition of Meritick, man, look, I'm loving this. It's probably one of my favorite moves, bro. Probably one of my favorite moves out of all of this, other than the Tobias Harris thing, because Source, they're getting a dude that can play like the stretch, they can, like a stretch four, and can shoot the rock from outside. And you got to respect it. When you got a big man that can stroke it the way he's able to, you got to respect it. And then it's also it's going to open up them lanes, man. So when your boys Giannis and Bledsoe need to get up in there, yeah, he's going to be able to help make that happen. They dangerous. Absolutely. That's it. That was, for me, it's my favorite move. I think the Harris thing is a big deal. The Gasol thing is a big deal. This right here, like you're taking a team that's already – the best <laughs> in the East, you know, arguably the best in the East, and adding a prolific scorer who now he's not much of a defender. But right. the effect this is going to have on the offense, especially when you get into the playoffs, especially when you get into the playoffs, you have Lopez, who is a three-point shooter, and you have Meritich, who is a prolific scorer, three-point shooter. And you got... 
Middleton and Bledsoe. The lane is clear, so you got to defend Yaz one on one. And if you come off of anybody, it's a problem. It's a problem. So this <laughs> is definitely my favorite move of the uh, of the trade deadline. I think it's this. It was the sneakiest move. It was the smartest move. It was the cheapest move, and it was the best move for me. No doubt about it. And for me, um, we had some other things go down in the league, some other trades, but those were the ones that really, really, really caught my eye and I thought were the best trades. Is there anything else we need to mention as far as the trade is concerned? I think a sneaky one is uh, Harrison Barnes to Sacramento. I think that, that. his leadership yeah. is pretty pretty solid. Not that Sacramento has a chance in the West, don't get me wrong. But they are a young squad, and they're they're right at the cusp. They're right they're right there. They're in the nine spot right now, in the West. So they're balling. Um, I think that's a, that's a good move. Good leader, good defender, and with the way they're already playing, add Harrison Barnes to that. You know, I think they might sneak into the playoffs. There's a good chance. There's a good chance that the the playoffs how they're set right now. Those top eight, they, two of those squads might just slide on out of there and get flipped for for another two squads that are up and coming at this point. Yeah, that's a sneaky move, man. I didn't even think about that. And they could use them right now. They've surprised a lot of people this year, um, but they've struggled a little bit on the road um, and a little bit as of late. So yeah, some good, some veteran leadership and a guy who can get buckets on any given night. I, I like that move as well. Anything else? That was my only one. Uh, yeah, trade deadline was crazy. One of the most active ones. I think it's the most active one that we've had in recent history uh, as far as coming down to the last minute and all the, uh, the timing of the of the trade deadline being before the All-Star game. Even though we're, we're past the halfway point of the actual season as far as games played, but being before the All-Star game makes it a little, little bit more exciting, man. A little bit more exciting for the fans. Yeah, just too bad we won't be able to see Porzingis and, and Dante together this year. Because <laughs> I think I know, I, right? I, man, I, I can't wait to see that. I really can't wait to see that. And hopefully that's something we'll get to see for a while because uh, for a long time. Because you heard your boy Mark Cuban says if everything goes his way, he'd love to have those two guys together for the next 20 years. So we're going to mm-hmm. see how that goes down when we get to that point. But that's going to be great. Um but, yeah, let me ask you this then uh, before we slide off because we've got some questions from our group members on the uh, Facebook page. But I want to ask you this first because I saw your comment yesterday, and I had to laugh, man. I was drinking a cold one out enjoying the weather on the patio of a, of a spot yesterday, and I was reading your comments about Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> and I know recently we kind of uh, mentioned it on the page. We're talking about Melo possibly ending up in L.A., and you was like, no, no, that's all right, keep him. But it's looking like that very well could happen. How you feeling about him joining the Lakers if it goes down? Yeah, well, it looks like that is the plan with the movement of uh, Zubac and Beasley, sending them off to the Clippers for Mike Muscala. That opened up one spot 
well, I'll mention Mike Muscala, who was moved to the Clippers uh, previously during the week. This opened up a spot on the roster for the Lakers. And it's, it's assumed that it is for Carmelo. Now, I told you, I don't want Carmelo on the Lakers. I, I don't see any point, any purpose. I don't see what good he could do. I didn't see what good he could do at any point up recently. But I had to at least admit that back in 2012, when it was on the table, I was definitely pro-Carmelo on the Lakers when that whole uh, mellow for Andrew Bynum and all that type of stuff was out there in the world. I was like, yeah, bring Melo in because that, that would bring some star power and improve the squad, you know. Kobe, Melo, hey, can't complain at that point. At this point, after even if you love Carmelo, at this point, after seeing the, the I guess the end of the, the next thing, the Oklahoma City thing, even the Houston thing, if you want to call it a thing, I mean, it really wasn't much anything. Um, you have to at least question the idea of bringing him in. To me, as a person who is not a big Carmelo fan, I, I like him, but I mean, I'm not a huge Carmelo fan. But to me, bringing in somebody that wants to be or needs to be ball dominant and volume shots is not necessarily conducive to this team. Specifically, when you have four dudes that are under, are 23 or under, you got four guys that are young. I don't know the purpose, but on the other hand, when you think of the squad, you got Rondo, McGee, Chandler, you have veterans, and LeBron, of course, you have veterans across the board. So you have a, a group of veterans. Then you have a group of kids. So you're bringing in another veteran at that small forward to power forward spot. If this dude was able to accept the role that is carved out for him, and it would be one carved out for him if they decide to bring him in, I mean, not going to bring him in for nothing, then fine. And the fact that he would be rocking with LeBron, I think that kind of brings a little more possibility of not being as as negative as it could be. I think that, that kind of helps the situation. But make no mistake, if this man causes any problems, any drama, any crying, any of that, you know, I'm not I'm not with it. I'm not with it. I'm gonna go ahead and give him a clean slate. As soon as he signs, it's clean slate. I'm not gonna say anything negative, nothing. I'm just let him rock. But, man, once he starts, once things go the way I would expect him to go at some point, unless, you know, it all worked out perfectly, then it's back to killing him. Got to. Got to do it. Man, Lala look good sitting down at the Staples, boy. Like, out there with all... Oh, not, <laughs> no, man, I forgot what we was doing. I'm about to say something wrong. Hey, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I ain't mad at it. I ain't mad at it. That's, <laughs> now, that's, there's a positive. There is a positive to Carmelo coming to town. There you go. There you go. Hey, man, hey, it can't be a bad thing for your young son to who's already looks like he's going to be a baller to uh, maybe get a few pointers from Magic Johnson as well because we see through the videos, Melo's uh, son got a little game as well. So, yeah, yeah, why not? Why not? Get the shoe hoops with the Magic, man. Showtime. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> so look, man, let's get to these questions, man. Like, because our group members, you put it out there, and some of our group members had some questions, man. And we is here for the people, our favorite people. Yes, one of the reasons I get up every day, one of one of the top five reasons I get up every day is to deal with the people uh, whose questions we're about to answer right now. Uh, so first yeah. question up. Bernice Love, her husband Daryl, and Chauncey Payne. They want to know who had the best all-star team from their selections. Is it Team LeBron or Team Giannis? Bro. I <laughs> I won't deliberate too long. I'm gonna go with LeBron. Basically because when I look at the top five players on each squad, well, I look at the starters on each squad, even if you consider them all to be even, you got to lean towards LeBron's team because they're bigger. That right there for me is, is a big deal. I think whatever team ended up with three, with uh, two point guards, whichever team had Kyrie, Steph, Kemba, you know, two of those three, would be the weaker team just based on size. I don't think it's as big a difference between the two squads as some people are making out to be, like the Bronx squad would beat them by 50, blah, blah, blah. But then when you start to slide down into that, that reserve area, you look at LeBron, and, you know, you got AD, first of all. AD, you got Anthony Davis, first of all. Like, that right there has me leaning back toward LeBron as well or staying with LeBron. Mixing in Dame with the knockdowns and Lamar Lamarcus Aldridge. That's crazy. That's a crazy squad. On the other side, Russ, you gotta consider Russ, but Russ is one man. But my favorite uh big man in the league, uh the Joker, Nikola Jokic, is over yeah. on team Giannis and they, yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough when you into the into the reserves. I'm still leaning Team LeBron, though. I got to go LeBron. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely Team LeBron for all the reasons that you already mentioned. I, I don't sprinkle in a little Bradley Bill. Look, anybody playing no defense. <laughs> so you talking <laughs> about straight gunners, like straight gunners, LeBron got them. I mean, Giannis got some nice picks. Um, you mentioned Jokic. Uh, who currently is one of the reasons I'm in first place in my fantasy basketball league. Thank you very much. But, yeah, you mentioned uh, Jokic. Um, they got some cats. Shout out to D'Angelo Russell. I was high on him coming out of college. Uh, then he kind of let me down a little bit, snitching and not doing what he's supposed to do. But he back on it. He, he definitely on his thing. Nice squad. You got Steph over there, Paul George. Speaking of Steph. What do you buy of everybody tripping, especially in our group, off the fact that Giannis took stuff right off the bat? It's all disrespectful, man. But I think it's based on size, based on him being uh, the part, well, close to the smallest guy, second smallest guy, third smallest guy in the uh, out of the ten. So you see LeBron and KD, you see Giannis and Steph, yeah, yeah. If, if it was a two-on-two and it was the top two, the, the captain and the first pick, then I could see a problem. But I think it's you know, people will always slice Steph regardless. 
One, because he's a point guard. Two, because he's light-skinned. Three, because he's a nice guy. Like, people are always going to slight him. So it doesn't matter how well he shoots or how well he leads the squad, dishes the rock, wins championships. People always try to find a way to, to slight him. That's just the way it is, man. And y'all light-skinned cats get everything, man. Like, Paul George is over being talked about in the MVP race. But he had to wait to get picked. But Steph get picked? Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. But nah, my explanation is just what I mentioned when we were talking about the bronze squad, about getting buckets. Ain't no defense being played. And we're talking about the most prolific shooter in the game. Um, and he may go down as the most prolific shooter in all, of all time before it's all over with. The dude is ridiculous. I got no problem with Giannis picking him right off the bat, just off the fact that ain't nobody going to be defending him. It's going to be just like he in his backyard, you know what I'm saying, shooting against himself. Got a chance to really light it up, man. So definitely Team LeBron, though. Definitely Team LeBron. Which leads us to our next question. Vernice wants to know, does bronze all-star picks have any indication of who ends up with the L.A. Lakers? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in a perfect world, I hope so. But, uh, <laughs> no, nah, I will say, nah, that's funny, though. Um, that would be nice. I mean, you know, give me, I guess, I guess the question is Katie Kyrie, right? It's really the Katie Kyrie thing. I can't imagine well, KD, Kyrie, and LeBron being on the same squad. I just can't. I mean, not that it couldn't work. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying I can't personally imagine it. If I can't even, if I don't even want to get through the AD and, and you know, fall into that trap, I surely am not falling into a KD, Kyrie, LeBron trap. Nope, not me. Well, it could go a little bit deeper if you really look at it because outside of the guys that you just mentioned, there is the whispers of Clay Thompson. Not changing buildings, you know. I mean, there there are other whispers, even though a lot of people seem to think that the uh, the uh, the Clippers people think the Clippers are going to actually go hard after him. But you know, Clay Thompson. You know, then if you look at it even even further than that, let's just say we're not talking about this year, but we're talking about the year beyond. Do you know the one player? that Bron lied before and was able to pull off the trade for on All-Star, um, during the All-Star selection? Well, he traded Russ for, was it Ben Simmons? No, who did he trade him for? Ben, no, for Ben Simmons. And you know Ben Simmons is his guy. You do know that even though it's restricted, Ben Simmons is a free agent in 2020. We're talking about a year after. So just something to kind of Putting your backpack until you need it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just right. so this and oh and look, I mean, while we're on it, let's talk about Dane. You don't remember the talk in the off season. Dane was kinda upset. And Dane would start talking a little reckless like some things that had folks questioning about does he really want to be there in Portland? Because he didn't think the organization is as committed to winning. He, he already mentioned that he shouldn't have, you know, he thought that LaMarcus Aldridge should still be there. He lobbied hard for Carmelo Anthony a season ago. So did C.J. McCollum. The organization mm-hmm. wasn't listening to him. Uh, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but 
I mean, I'm just saying. He always, just like he does Ben Simmons, he always refers to my guy, Dane. I'm just saying. You just never know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what we got? Uh-oh. One of the most outspoken cats in the group. You know he's going to always bring it. He's going to always bring it. Whether it's heat or not, he's going to bring it. He's going to cause controversy. It's so much that you don't know if he's just being sarcastic or he's serious. Most time, I think he's being serious. <laughs> Brandon Fisher, yo. Brandon Fisher wants to know if this is the first season that Bron misses the playoffs, man. Yeah, that's a good question, actually. Me, I thought coming into this whole thing that it was a lock. I'm like, LeBron missing the playoffs. Like, what? Well, that doesn't even sound like logical. That doesn't make sense. But sitting at the 10th spot, it's not like it's impossible. I mean, if the season ended today, then, of course, the Lakers would be on the outside looking in. In reality, the Clippers have fallen quite a ways uh, it's a couple squads in the West that are going the wrong direction, and you have, like I mentioned earlier, Sacramento and the Lakers didn't at nine and ten on their way up. Possibly, <laughs> I'm gonna say no. Does LeBron miss the playoffs? No, but I just can't see it happening. Although, if LeBron missed the playoffs. That would just be more reason to bring in everybody because LeBron can't miss the playoffs. Like, no, do you know what? I mean, the internet will be, it might implode, I guess, if LeBron missed the playoffs. It would be foolishness. Michael Jordan never missed the playoffs, whether it's true or not, even though it's not true, <laughs> obviously. But it will be said, Michael Jordan never missed the playoffs. When Michael Jordan was 30, he never missed the playoffs until he went to Washington and, you know, he had hair. At some point in time, he let it grow out. But when he was ball, he never missed the playoffs. So LeBron ball, why he missed the playoffs? Yes, it would be something like that. So to answer the question, no, LeBron's not missing the playoffs. Even if they're the seventh seed, eighth seed, uh, the L.A. will be in the mix. Believe it. Yeah, the key is to definitely not only make the playoffs, but just try to stay out of that eighth seed. Straight up, because mm-hmm. um, we all know what's going to happen. Uh, and if he, if they get the AC, and we all know there's going to be no forgiveness, <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to be the people going to be off the chain then too because they yeah. ain't giving him no slack, no matter what kind of squad Golden State will have. Folks ain't giving them no slack whatsoever, especially if they get swept. But as I look at it, man, they showed us a lot uh, a few nights ago coming back from, what was it, 18, 19, whatever it was, they were down against Boston. Uh, those young cats stuck together, played very well. So even if they had, wouldn't have won the game, say they had lost the game by a bucket, that still showed me a lot overcoming what they were just overcoming through all the the trade talk, shipping half the team off, uh, how you'll get the cats to play for you, you know, all of that. And just the fact that it was Boston as well. Then I look at it like this too. The Clippers no longer have – the Clippers are right around there, and the Clippers no longer have Tobias Harris, as we've mentioned. You got cats like Gallinari who can put up buckets, but you can't count on him from game to game. He kind of reminds me like the Sean Lee of a squad. Like, he's very valuable, very valuable to a team. 
uh, can create a lot of matchup problems, but you just never know with Gallinari, right? You, you don't, you never know with him. You know, is he going to be on the squad? Is he going to be hurt? You just, you just can't count on him. So, um, plus the Clippers seem to be, much as they would like to go ahead and make the playoffs, right? Clippers seem to be mm-hmm. looking towards next year on whether or not they're going to be able to get their guy, presumably Kawhi or somebody. So, I don't know if their heads are even there. And then we look at the Kings. You talked about the Kings, bro. Kings sitting in a nice place right now. One problem with the Kings, though, a lot of youth on that squad, and they're not playing well. They're less than 500, you know, under 500 in the conference, first of all. Something like, what, 10 and 15, 15 and 20, something like that. I know they're under 500 in the conference. And they're only 2 and 9 in the division. And so they got that last win. I think they had reared off three losses in a row. So they're kind of reeling right now. I expect them to play well. And maybe additional bonds will help pick some of that up. But they're kind of reeling. They're not playing well inside the West by any stretch. So um, all that being said, I think the Lakers are going to make the playoffs. It's just a matter of whether or not they can avoid being the eighth seed. If they can get down to the seventh, maybe even sixth, that'd be gravy for them. But I think the Lakers make the playoffs, though. Yeah, man, it's going to be interesting to watch, though. 30 games left. Yeah, so um, next up, are the Bucks real contenders? The people want to know. I say yes. You t- I say yes. Yeah. I'm going to say yes. We, you, if you heard anything we talked about earlier, they were already hot, looking like the best team in basketball. I mean, right now, I mean, if you want to argue, I mean, they're looking like at this point to me, no question, they're the best team in the Eastern Conference. The addition of Miritic, like we talked about, makes them even more dangerous, a nightmare to defend. You know, uh, Coach over there is doing his thing, man. People wondered whether or not it might be the guy for this job. Would he be the guy for this job, for this team? A, a young Giannis, the guy to hopefully – keep him, be able to keep him around when his time is up because all of the rumblings uh, of whether or not he would stay in Milwaukee, nah, they looking like not only the best team, but they also looking like a team that could possibly convince another squad, another uh, key free agent at some point to maybe come join them. They keep this up. Definitely contenders. Indeed. Definitely real. Shout out, as you mentioned, uh, Mike Bunoza sliding into that coaching spot after all the turmoil that they went through uh, last season with the Jason Kidd. Was that last season? That was last season, beginning of last season with the Jason Kidd stuff. Um, and Budenholzer came over from Atlanta. We've seen him lead the, the Hawks to the number one spot uh, in the past. So he's definitely an upgrade at the coaching spot. But that squad, yeah, that squad is real because they play defense. They play defense, and they already put up crazy numbers on offense. Giannis is sitting half the time in the fourth quarter. Giannis is so those guys don't play a lot. Remember when the Warriors used to sit, everybody would be sitting in the fourth. It seemed like every night when they were on that run. That's what Milwaukee's been doing uh, quite a bit this season. And the addition of uh, Meritage, just makes them that much better, in my opinion. So, yes, the Bucks are real, and they would give uh, they would give whoever a problem, even if they came out of the East and ran up against Golden State. Like 
we all think Golden State's going to be the champs. I mean, that's just what everybody believes. It would not be easy uh, against Milwaukee. True indeed. True indeed. Um, last question I see on here is my man Dorian Bryant. And Dorian Bryant wants to know, do player option contracts, with player option contracts, can teams really build, uh, you know, build around one superstar? Especially knowing that they could be gone, you know, at some point in time. Yeah, well, um, trying to build with two guys is, I mean, it's it's difficult. It's difficult, but that's the way of the NBA. And I don't know if you necessarily build around the two or you build around the one. I mean, you know, you want to build around two. I'm trying to think of a, a good example from the past, but who? I get well. LeBron, he had LeBron, but it was three. It was building around three, which was LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love. And even right. before that, in Miami, it was three. You know, LeBron, D Wade, Chris Bosh, or in I guess you could think back to Houston. I'm not Houston. Uh, OKC with KD. And Russell Westbrook, which kind of goes to the point of Dorian's question, with Kyrie, <laughs> I'm stuck on Kyrie, with KD bouncing out of there uh, unexpectedly for a lot of people and leaving Russ holding the bag. It actually worked out for Russ, definitely worked out for KD, but it's difficult to, it's difficult to build. That's the way the NBA is right now, and I'm not even mad at it. Players are taking control of their situations more than ever before and making moves for themselves. We've been watching teams do whatever to whomever at any point in time forever. And if you think about it as on, on a bigger scale, you like to see the people take control of their situation. That's cool. That's, that's a good thing. It may not be the best thing for the league or for the... Uh, for the ownership, but I mean, who cares about ownership? Like they already got everything. <laughs> they already got the money. They own a team. Like if they lose a player, they move on and and live your life. It's I don't know. I, I don't like looking at it from a business standpoint, man. I like looking at it from a fan standpoint or from a strategy standpoint. So that's all I really got on that. Yeah, I don't have much. I think it's a great question. We're already seeing how a lot of this is already playing out. And it's about to play out, possibly. We've mentioned Kyrie so many times on today's podcast, but here's an example right there. Um, is he going to be there? He's a guy that has a player option, you know, at the, you know, once the summertime hits. He's, he's right there. Uh, KD, same thing. Whereas, at least with Golden State, if they get the inclination that KD is going to uh, jump ship, they're in position to do other things, unlike other squads. They can go ahead and try to go ahead and get, you know, Clay to stay up in the mix. Um, they can always uh, try to do something with uh, with Cousins. Um, they got to take care of those guys. I mean, they don't have the player joints, but they're right there. Um, you know, Kawhi. Kawhi. Very interesting with Kawhi Leonard because we talked about Toronto earlier and them sitting right there with second seed in the East and the move they made to get Gasol. Very interesting with them is because they kind of 
bet everything on Kawhi, but they're not really in a bad position because while they would want him to stay, this move about Gasol going there is all about now realizing how successful they need to be to try to get uh, Kawhi to be all in and stay with them. Worst thing that can happen with them is that they strike out and then they've got some money to play with. Uh, they're in a position unlike some other teams, but I know they would like to keep Kawhi. But, yeah, it, it does kind of make it hard to build. And that's going to be something we're going to watch, especially with that squad, because uh, and we'll address this down the road, but if Kawhi were to leave and we're looking at that pool of free agents that's left, mm-hmm. what does kind of make it hard for them is realistically that nice pool of free agents, how many of them are willing to go to Toronto? You know, right. we say Toronto like now we now we say Toronto like it's on the other side of the world, but because it's but it's not. But still, it's just not the uh, the sexiest place unless maybe you're a, a younger free agent and you, maybe you kind of enter the nightlife. Um, but people tell me that Toronto jump a little more than you think it does. But that that's a whole other yeah. story. Yeah, they yeah. they get it in. My my, my people's mm-hmm. over there. They said they get it in. But yeah, but um, yeah, that player option thing is, is very tricky, man. Very, very tricky. I got one other thing I want to ask you about, and it's not quite NBA, but do you have anything else NBA you want to address before we get to that and sign off? Oh, let me ask you. I got two questions I want I want to throw at you. Right, go ahead. Let's go. All right. Who's the, who's the best center in the league right now? The best center in the league? Whoa. Best Woo. center in the league. I don't. I don't count Anthony Davis as a center. He's a power forward for me, so leave him out of the discussion. It's a hard question, man. The best center in the league. Oh. I. I, I don't know. Maybe I just stick with. Uh, I don't know, Joel. I mean, I, I don't know. That's that's a hard question. Bro. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's I know. That's what, that's what we're here for. We're here to answer the hard questions. It used to be easy. It used to, it used to be easy. I, yeah, I, no, it ain't, you know. Major Well, maybe. Okay, I take that as an answer. I'll, I'll take uh, Nikola Jokic myself. I think that he is still young. I mean, Embiid, both, both of them are still young. Both of them play defense. Both of them can shoot. Both of them can pass. They're, they're both very good players. And Embiid is more outspoken, so he gets a lot of the pub. Jokic is a problem. I've been saying this for the last two years. Yes, he is. And yes, now is. a lot of people are starting to, you know, recognize and realize that that dude is crazy. And he does it every night. Every night, just check his numbers. And my second question for you, it's going to be a tough one if you off the top of your head, but... We'll just say of the, of the top four in the East, we'll go Boston, Toronto, Philly, and Milwaukee. Who has the best starting five right now out of those squads? Like, I can, I'll give you who I'm calling the starting five. You got Philly's got Simmons, Reddick, Jimmy Butler, Tobias, and then Embiid. Toronto right. has Kyle, Kyle Lowry, Danny Green, Kawhi. Ibaka and Marcus Gasol. Boston has Kyrie, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum. I would say uh, Marcus Morris is the fourth. 
DeFore and then uh, Al Horford. And Milwaukee has Eric Bledsoe, Malcolm Brogdon, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Brooke Lopez. Whew. That's some tough, tough oh, land right goodness. there, boy. Goodness. Which one of those would you say is the best starting five? I think I got my answer. Now, I do want to point out the Bucks are the best team right now, at least in the Eastern Conference. And I love their starting five. I, I really do, um, especially with Chris Middleton, man, a guy who just flies under the radar and I think is a lot better than people give him credit for. Chris Middleton straight oh, out balls, bro. Like, he, he gets busy. And I was happy as mom when I saw his name pop up, you know, when he was getting – you know, it's getting that all-star love, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm right now just because of you, you caught me off guard with it, and I had to flow with what we've been talking about and what's fresh on my mind. As of right now, I'm going to stick with Philly. I'm, I'm going to stick with Philly right now. Um, probably halfway through the what's left of the season, <laughs> I probably I could change my mind. But I like that starting lineup in Philly with the additions, with the addition they just got um, with Tobias. And we talked about what they're able to do and what it means for everyone else. Uh, they're bringing in a, another guy that can do what he does, especially score the basketball, and then allow J.J. Redick to look like the J.J. Redick we know that he can be. People talk about Ben Simmons not being that great of a shooter or a scorer, but take more pressure off of him as well and I think will also open up uh, you know a little more for him to even get to the basket because he's not going to wow you trying to shoot it from outside so I, right now I'm going to stick with Philly and part of my answer is because we got some mean Philly fans in our Facebook group man they they feel <laughs> disrespected about anything we put up a post the other day um, about your boy Nick Wright talking about the most valuable uh, players in the league right now as far as their franchise. Of course, of course, everything was included in that. We're talking about revenue, jersey sales, all that. And there was a couple of cats that came swinging talk about why Embiid went on the list. So I'm not trying to catch them players, them guys out in the street right now. So I'm going to say Philly. <laughs> That's fair enough. I will uh, mention that we don't really know if Milwaukee will rock with Bledsoe and Brogdon up there slide Middleton back to the two and throw Meritage in the mix. Uh, True. Down there at the 3-4 with, with the Greek freak. I got to go Philly too, man. Like, I'm looking at the list. I'm just going position by position just based on the, the the setup I gave you. If I look at the point guard, we got Kyrie Irving as the best of the four. If we go to the two, the two is up in the air because you got Brogdon, Smart, Green, and Reddick. So, you could, I mean, you could argue any of them if you wanted to. I don't think you would take uh, Green as the best. I'd probably go J.J. if I had to take one of those guys. Slide to the three, it's Kawhi. Jimmy Butler's up there, of course. Middleton's tough. And Tatum is, you know, Tatum is tough as well, but I got to go Kawhi at the three. The fourth spot is Giannis. I mean, no question there. And then the five is no question Embiid. So out of that, I mean, we got MB, we got Butler in the mix, we got Reddick, who's probably the best option. And 
even though Ben Simmons isn't the best point guard of the four, you can argue that he's as valuable as any of the other point guards on the floor. So I could definitely rock with Philly as being the best starting five in the East. Word up. And that's going to be wonderful because I know next week we're going to talk about not only some of the stuff popping off on All-Star, because we'll be right in that weekend anyway, but um, we're also going to talk about, we're going to go over uh, some quick thoughts on each team in the league. So so uh, that's what we're going to be talking about next week. So I'm sure we'll definitely touch on those squads as well and get a little bit deeper. Um, but what I, this is what I wanted to ask you. And we're done with the NBA. But okay. quick WNBA thought, man. Maya Moore, oh, come out, she's following you. her faith. She's following her faith, and I shout out to her. I respect that so much. She's not going to play this year. And there was a lot of people was wondering why there was a lot of posts out about her being at odds with the links over certain things, even maybe even asking to be traded. Now, I don't know how much that's true now that it's coming, you know, we're finding out about her reasons for stepping away, like I say, following her faith. But, man, this is a big blow for the league, man. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, shout out to Maya Moore, my favorite player. Well, I can't, you know, arguably, I say arguably because I'd be arguing with myself. My favorite player in the league, Maya Moore. There's only one other player that's even close, but this ain't about her. I'm not mad at Maya Moore at following whatever she wants to follow. Uh, faith, I mean, in most people's lives, most in in a lot of people's lives, their faith is their foundation. And if she felt strongly enough at 29 years old that she needs to take this year to pursue something other than basketball, then I'm not mad at her at all. I'll also say that even if she does take the year off and she decides to come back next year at 30, it's not a big deal because she's in the prime. Like, you're taking a year away from her prime, but she's already one of the greatest of all time right now. So what are you really losing other than that that legacy that people like to talk about? But it's her legacy. It's her choice, her decision. She's comfortable with it. I did think uh, all through last season that there was something not right in Minnesota, and I don't know what it was, but it was something was just off. It was like sometimes they show up, sometimes they be terrible. You never knew. Sometimes Maya would, would score seven, sometimes she scored 37. It was a day, you know, a game by game thing, and it seemed like there was something more going on. We've seen, as far as Minnesota, we've seen Lindsey Whalen retire. Now she's the coach of, uh, well, she was already a coach, but she's coach at University of Minnesota women's basketball team. I'm not mad at Maya, man. I'm not mad at her. I wish her the best and uh, look for great things from her. Can't wait to see what she decides to do with her future. And, hey, more power to you. Yeah, I will tell you how, how my very quick thoughts on this and how deep this kind of cuts the WNBA. A league is already struggling uh, for respect. I'm not from us. You and I love the game. Several p- people in our mm-hmm. Facebook group love the game. 
Um, and it's a few people who don't love it. If you're in our group, if you don't love it, just leave it at that. We will tolerate no disrespect for the women's game in any sport or any woman whatsoever. Um, just keep it moving. If you see a post that you ain't with. But let me tell you how this cuts a little bit deeper for the league. Not only are you losing um, arguably, or maybe not even arguably, but the, the best player in the game and, and the face of the women's game today, uh, the main face of the women's game. Um, you know, people love some of the other players too, especially, you know, Candace and, you know, some of the other players. But people are missing – when you're talking about star power and the people are going to be missing, Skylar Diggins is a face in this game. Mm-hmm. Skylar Diggins, people love Skylar Diggins, and now her season is in doubt. As we are right here, you know, she's, she's about to have a baby, bro. Skylar right. is about to have a baby. And you think about a squad that wasn't very good last year by all accounts. Um, they lost nine of the last ten games um, last year. They struggled a little bit, but showed some promise even in some of those losses. When you're talking about another big face missing from the women's game, um, it's not good. Um, it's not good. Not going to deter me from watching it, but just kind of uh, not the greatest uh, timing, if you're the league, for some of these things to transpire. I guess the only thing you can really hand your hat on, you still got stars that are going to be there, and also the fact that you had a brand new WNBA champion last year So it's still going to be fun to watch But still a bit of a blow For the WNBA this year Losing uh, the faces that they uh, Won't have and probably won't have around At least for this coming season And add to that Stu Bird retiring as the champion So she won't be around Anymore I will say As I mentioned earlier Maya is my favorite player in the league, but now that she's stepping away, I can 100% say that my dog, Stewie, Brianna Stewart, is yeah. easily my favorite player in the league. Easily. The most unselfish superstar player in any major league, in my opinion. That's crazy, man. You know, I, I ain't even know. You kind guy, I can probably tell you <laughs> easily, probably two, mate now, two out of about of my favorite five players in the league <laughs> come from UConn, so that's crazy. And we just talked about mm-hmm. two of them, so yeah. That, but I just had to get that in, man. But um, yeah, this this podcast was fun, man. I can't wait till next week, man. We're gonna really get deep into these teams, every team in the league. Uh, we're gonna be able to talk about some of the shenanigans with this. Uh, all-Star game, um, especially All-Star Saturday night, which is my absolute favorite. The traditions will be flowing here in the Sims household, the wings, all that good stuff, man. Like, I, I can't wait. The lemon pepper, raspberry, all that. But uh, that's a tradition unlike many other. And I can't wait, man, for us to talk about all that next week, man. So, anything you want to leave with the people? Oh, well, thank y'all for rocking with us. We know this was a long podcast, but shoot, we had a lot of information. I mean, it's not like we were slacking. Yep. A lot of information, a lot of good stuff, and we appreciate y'all rocking with us. Please join the Facebook group at the Sports Bar Podcast. 
follow us on Instagram, uh, Twitter. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Smitty Source. Instagram, source underscore, Eskoshka, E-S-H-K-O-S-H-K-A. And no doubt, like Source mentioned, it was a, was a long podcast. I think we kind of anticipated that, but we had to get it in. It was our first time really talking basketball uh, so far this year because of the football season, so I was glad to do it. Uh, we are recording mm-hmm. this on a Saturday, so everybody enjoy their weekend. We got UVA Duke tonight. Some of you may be interested in the new football league. I don't know. I'll just go wherever the beer is flowing. I'm your boy Prime. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at Prime SBK Facebook group. Thank you for the questions. We'll do it again. Until next podcast, we are out of here. Peace. Cheers.